Even Mike Pence is coming to Donald Trump's defense on this one. The lead starts right now. Republicans rally around Trump questioning the DOJ stunner executing a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago. Why now? What documents are so important? I'll speak with a top Republican demanding an investigation. Plus, new questioning by the January 6th committee shut down. The appearance by a Trump ally today that ended in just 15 minutes. Also ahead for you, 10 cities sleeping on the streets where leaders are making homelessness a crime. But are their tactics only complicating the problem? Welcome to The Lead. I'm Pamela Brown in for Jake Tapper. And we start in our politics lead and strong reaction to the Justice Department's historic move. A search warrant executed on the home of a former president, taking boxes of items from Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, a source tells CNN. The warrant escalates the Justice Department's investigation into his handling of presidential documents, including some classified material, with many Republicans today questioning why the FBI executed this warrant now. Well, at the time, Trump himself was in New York, where a single photo outside Trump Tower today captures the mixed reaction. Look at this. One group with a large sign that reads, Arrest Trump, while another group carried a flag reading, Trump 2024, Save America. On paper, Trump blasted the search, saying in a statement, agents, quote, even broke into my safe. But then he came off more guarded when he called into a virtual campaign rally last night for Sarah Palin. Listen. That's right. Another day in paradise. This was a strange day. You probably all read about it, but very important. And we start with CNN's Jessica Schneider with a closer look at how the FBI got to this point and the outrage coming from many Republicans. I think it's another unjust uh, made up thing. Signs of support for Trump alongside Trump detractors as more details emerge of the FBI's extraordinary step Monday to execute a search warrant at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. That's right. Another day in paradise. This was a strange day. Trump reacted during a virtual rally for Sarah Palin after he issued a lengthy statement. These are dark times for our nation as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. Trump was in New York at Trump Tower when the search began Monday morning. His son, Eric, said he alerted Trump about what was unfolding in Florida. The purpose of the raid, from what they said, was because the National Archives wanted to you know, cooperate uh, whether or not Donald Trump had any documents in his possession. And, and my father has worked so collaboratively with them for months. In fact, the lawyer uh, that's been working on this was totally shocked. He goes, I have such an amazing relationship with these people. And all of a sudden, on no notice, they sent, you know, 20 cars and and 30 agents. The National Archives asked the Justice Department earlier this year to investigate Trump's handling of White House records after the archives recovered 15 boxes of documents from Mar-a-Lago and discovered some of the presidential records had been torn up or contained classified information. Sources tell CNN Monday's search was focused on Trump's office and personal quarters at Mar-a-Lago, and it included examining where records had been kept to make sure everything had previously been handed over to the archives. In early June, four federal investigators visited Mar-a-Lago. 
Sources say Trump's attorneys met with the investigators and took them to the basement room where boxes of material were stored, with the investigators later leaving. However, a source says some of the documents had top-secret markings, and Trump's attorneys later received a letter asking them to further secure the room where the documents were stored. I really don't believe that the department would have taken such a significant step as getting pursuing a search warrant for the president's residence about information that they already had back. There had to be a suspicion, a concern, and indeed specific information that led them to believe that there were additional materials that were not turned over. Monday's search has ignited Republican rage. Merrick Garland, Chris Ray, come to the House Judiciary Committee this Friday and answer our questions about this action today, which has never happened in American history. What was on the warrant? What were you really doing? What were you looking for? Why not talk to President Trump and have him give the information you're after? And our team has learned that Trump was aware of federal investigators probing these potentially classified documents he took to Mar-a-Lago. In fact, Trump interacted with investigators when they visited his Florida home. And in April and May, Trump aides at Mar-a-Lago were interviewed by the FBI as part of this probe into the handling of presidential records. But Pamela, so far, there has been no comment from the Attorney General Merrick Garland nor the FBI Director Chris Wray. And the White House press secretary actually just said that President Biden has not been briefed at all on this search or any investigation here. All right, Jessica Schneider, thank you for that. I want to bring in former FBI senior intelligence advisor Phil Mudd, along with federal and white collar criminal defense attorney Caroline Polisi. Phil, first to you, you served as the deputy director of the National Security Branch at the FBI. Tell us about the high bar for the FBI to execute such an unprecedented search. Boy, high bar would be a sort of low bar in this investigation. The bar has to be beyond whatever we've seen before. Let me give you a couple different perspectives, Pamela. First of all, people who don't deal with classified information, I had the highest security level, uh, security clearance you could get in government, don't realize how common it is that is classified information and how much stuff is overclassified. The chance the attorney general and the FBI director went in and said, hey, he's got some secret documents down there he hasn't given us. And to ensure that we recover those secret documents, we're just going to go to Mar-a-Lago. I would put that near zero. The characteristic you have to look at here, Pamela, is whether there are secret documents that relate to an ongoing criminal investigation. To get to the bar where you're going to the residence of the former president, classified documents don't get you there. I had them in my house sometimes inappropriately. It happens all the time. There has to be the additional piece that they have to do with an investigation and they have to do with stuff that the FBI can't get someplace else. That's all I can figure out, Pamela. All right. So, Caroline, I want to bring you in on the heels of what Phil just said, because, again, there's a lot we still don't know here. We don't know exactly what federal agents were looking for at Mar-a-Lago, but we do know uh, when Trump did hand documents back to National Archives a few months ago, there were some classified documents inside. But couldn't Trump just say, hey, look, I declassified these documents when I was president. When I was in the White House, I had the authority to do so. Well, he almost certainly will say that, Pamela, but to some extent, that's beside the point. The president does have very um, large and unfettered uh, ability to declassify information. However, there are policies and procedures for doing so, and he can't do it retroactively. However, we are looking at some statutes, potential violation of statutes here that don't involve classified information, that simply involve the mutilation or destruction of official documents. 
that statute, for example, carries with it the potential for three years um, in jail, as well as a, a disqualification from holding office. Now, asterisks there, you know, it's it's highly debatable whether or not that really carries any weight constitutionally. But, you know, there are a range, I, I would also note, of 18 U.S.C. 1001 violation. It seems pretty clear that, you know, Trump and his team withheld information or perhaps gave false statements to investigators. I agree with Phil, you know, this goes beyond a mere violation of the Presidential Records Act. This had to be signed off by the highest levels at DOJ, Merrick Garland, uh, Lisa Monaco, Chris Ray of the FBI. You know, these are pretty heavy hitters. They wouldn't do so. They, they know the political implications of this, even though DOJ is not supposed to be political. They understand what's happening. They better, you know, have the goods. Yeah. You mentioned some federal laws there. Uh, one of them says, whoever willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys official documents shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. So then, Caroline, and I want to get your reaction to this, Phil, uh, does this mean if Trump is convicted of this charge, he cannot run for office again? Uh, no, it doesn't. Um, how it, it almost certainly will be litigated. As with so many things, Pamela, in Trump world, we are in uncharted territory here. Uh, that statute has never been challenged in this way. And indeed, many legal scholars have commented that it's likely an unconstitutional mm -hmm. uh, prohibition on who can run for office. That's not to say that it won't be litigated. And I would also note that the plain sight doctrine allows federal officials to use evidence of other crimes if they uncover in plain sight while at Mar-a-Lago to use that. You know, it's hard not to connect this to January 6th. Maybe they got information relating to January 6th. They could then move forward with a prosecution for that. So, Phil, there's there's been uh, mounting pressure on the FBI director, Christopher Wray, and Merrick Garland, the uh, head of DOJ, to come out and say something about this, to offer more transparency. Of course, DOJ policy is to not comment on an ongoing investigation. Of course, in the, you could argue, well, James Comey upended that. But do you think they need to come up, come out and, and talk about this, say something? Oh, hell no. Not now, not ever. If you've got to take away from the Comey investigation, it is. You treat these investigations aside from the approval process. And be, to be clear, Pamela, it's not whether the attorney general and the FBI director were involved. When I was at the FBI, there is a formal approval process for investigations that are politically sensitive. They have to know. So you get beyond that process. If you're going to get into investigating somebody and the president is a private citizen now, you do not want to treat him differently than you would treat a U.S. citizen. James, James Comey taught us that. As soon as you get out and speak about the case, number one, you violate a U.S. citizen, that is President Trump's privacy. The second issue I'll tell you, Pamela, is you are then required, not required, but it's then on you to say, if you close the investigation, are you going to speak like James Comey spoke? It was the president's choice to expose the investigation. That was not the FBI and the DOJ. They should never speak about it because they want to say, we handle him like we handle other citizens. End of story. That's it. Yeah, and, and that search warrant uh, under seal, although Trump does have a copy of it. So, Phil Mudd, Caroline Polisi, thank you so much. So Thanks. what was so pressing for DOJ then to pursue the search warrant now? I'm going to speak with the top Republican demanding answers. Plus, 
the notable price drip that may signal our days of rising inflation may slowly be turning a tide. And back with the politics lead this evening, former President Donald Trump is set to meet with a dozen House Republicans at his home in Bedminster, New Jersey. Now, this meeting was planned before the FBI's Mar-a-Lago search, but the topic is bound to come up. And it comes as many Republicans are lashing out at the Justice Department. I want to bring in Congressman Mike Turner of Ohio. He is the top Republican on the Intelligence Committee, and he sent a letter to the FBI director calling on him to explain his decision to authorize the search. Hi, Congressman. Thanks for coming on. So you still haven't heard back from the FBI from this letter you sent. What are next steps if you don't hear back? Well, we've already begun to to ask for additional documentation. Our first letter to Director Ray was to ask him what national security risk rose to the level of him ordering a raid on the former president's home. I mean, this is unprecedented. And, we, and in history, we have never seen uh, two members of a president's administration uh, order a raid on the president's political rival, his former opponent and perhaps potential opponent in the past Uh, president of the United States. Certainly, whatever they're searching for must rise to the level of a national security threat to for the these, you know, for the director to have uh, ordered a raid on his home. But we've asked in addition, we want to see reportedly this is about the archivist uh, sending over a criminal uh, referral. We want to see what that is. We also want to see what Christopher Ray filed in court, what he said to the court that he was going to find there. We want an inventory of what they found. Obviously, we've been told in reports and even personal materials of the president were taken. Uh, what were they looking for? What did they find? And what did they tell the court that they were looking for? Right. There is still a lot that we are hoping to learn. But but if Republicans win the majority in the midterms, what would oversight look like? Well, the American public are going to require, obviously, uh, a review here. You can't just have two men who are in the Biden administration go after the president's political rival and not have the type of scrutiny that is going to be necessary here. We need to make certain that that appropriate laws were filed uh, followed. We need to make certain uh, that uh, these two gentlemen are held to oversight. And the American public wants to know. I mean, we obviously have two different standards here. But where Hillary on, I, Clinton I just want to stop her, you. Oh, really? no, hold on a second. Oh, go ahead. We mm-hmm. have we have two standards where we have Hillary Clinton with her own uh, computer uh, system and, and and classified information on it being given a subpoena and ability to go through that uh, you know server to see whether or not it's personal material or official material and the and this president president not a secretary of state being raided clearly two different standards and we want to know why well hold on a second though because when it comes to secretary clinton and there, there's a, a lot of to break down from what you just said but let's go in the last part secretary clinton um you at the time indicated that you were outraged by her, uh, the way she handled her uh, classified information, saying, quote, Secretary Clinton can be held accountable for her extremely careless actions. So why don't you share that same concern with Donald Trump, who is now a private citizen, taking 15 boxes of documents from the White House, including classified documents to the White House, to his private residence? Why, Why was it concerning for you with Hillary Clinton and not now with Donald Trump? Sure. Well, there are two different things. When Hillary Clinton, while she was secretary of state, had classified material about her classified communications traveling through her computer server in her house, putting it at risk for any counterintelligence or any uh, others who are, are hacking into her materials, putting United States materials 
at risk. In this instance, we don't really know that these informations are classified. The archivist saying that something is labeled classified doesn't mean that it is. We have to look at the substance of what the president has. These aren't ongoing communications of the United States and the, the ongoing United States a diplomacy matters that Hillary Clinton was conducting through her home. Um, and also the president of the United States, unlike Hillary Clinton, has ability to declassify those materials. So you don't really know what the status of these materials are. That's why um, the FBI director needs to tell the American public, what did he go after? Certainly there must be something higher on the national um, security level for him to do this. Remember, uh, President Trump has more classified material in his head than he's going to have in his desk. But yet they raided his home to see what he had in his desk. I think the American public won't answer. They executed a search warrant that was signed off by a judge who clearly found probable cause. Uh, but really quick, and I want to go, I want to talk more about that. But, you know, earlier in the conversation, you were talking about, you were claiming that DOJ is basically going after the president's political rival. But, I mean, Donald Trump, there is example after example. I think there's like a, like 25 examples of him when he was president trying to weaponize DOJ to go after his political rivals. So why do you feel like there should be more scrutiny now on DOJ and not also, and we see it on the screen here as well, not also share that same um, concern back then when Trump was trying to go after his well, political rivals? Well, I have actually shared it. Actually, this actually goes back all the way to the Obama-Biden administration where this, claim, uh, you know, Clapper, uh, Brennan, Comey, where they began the politicalization of the FBI and of the Department of Justice. And that where we saw the two standards where Hillary Clinton was given a pass and other people who were in the military were not. And certainly then you had Donald Trump who continued to raise that issue of what were these two standards? Why was there, why was he being pursued? And, and as you even know today, the New York Times has reported that even the, uh, the Russia dossier that the uh, Department of Justice used to justify FISA uh, uh, tap warrants uh, was found to be uh, totally not even, uh, you know, factual. So there's a number of things, obviously, the president was very concerned about that were ongoing during his administration. Right, and certainly we're seeing them now also continue in this administration. But there were 25, there are examples of 25 uh, times where he wanted to use the DOJ to go after political rivals, some with absolutely no evidence at all to support uh, wanting to use DOJ and weaponizing it for that reason. Um, but I, I do want to go back and just talk about, you know, you, you share concern, that, um, like a lot of Republicans do, that saying that this is FBI overreach. But again, this was a, a search warrant that was executed after a federal judge signed off finding probable cause. So uh, is your issue with how, you know, the criminal justice system works? I mean, what is it exactly? Pamela, you... right. So this is actually very easy. And you and I were discussing this before. This has never been done in our history that is true. to a former president, a political rival of the sitting president. Remember, these two gentlemen ran against each other. And Donald Trump has said he might run against Biden even now. And Biden said he might run. We'll have to see whether or not he does. Uh, this is a, an absolute political rival of the sitting president. Now, we so don't you know think what DOJ they said is just going after. We don't know. Hold on. I, I want to be clear. We don't know you what think they said. Hold on. Hold on, Congressman. And I do. I, I'm trying to give you the time to convey what you want to convey. But I want to be very clear here. Sure. What you were trying to say is you believe that the Justice Department under President Biden is trying to go after his political rival, Donald Trump because of 2024. I mean, is that what you're trying to say here? 
Uh, no, Pamela, okay. I didn't say that. Thanks for trying to put words in my mouth. What I'm I not. Said, my I, mouth. What no, I, said I did is not is try to. I'm I trying said, to clarify right, to make sure what I that said we understand. Was is they need to answer these questions. There better be something of important national security for them to have breached the confidence of the American public that they would go into the home of a of a past president possible political candidate against this current president. This is so outrageous that this has to rise to the level of there better be this better not be a clerical issue between the archivist uh, and the, the the former president. Even former New York Governor Cuomo has said the same thing I'm saying on your show is that this better not be some clerical issue or some minor issue that the FBI has gone in. And that's why we're asking as the Intelligence Committee, we're in charge of classified material. We're in charge of the issue of the national security issues and secrets of the United States. If they're going into this man's house claiming that it's national security that brought them in, then they deserve to tell us. They deserve oversight. They deserve to answer the American public why a political rival of this president had FBI agents raid his home. Well, and, and just to be clear, I was not putting words in your mouth. I was clarifying because you keep bringing up political rival. So I was trying to get at what the significance of that but, would be and they, the relevance are. here I mean, you, of that would be. Okay. All right. Republican Congressman Mike Turner, look, I really appreciate you Thank coming you on the show, uh, sharing your point of view on Thanks. this. We're going to be covering this for quite some time. And please let us know if you hear back from the FBI on that letter. Well, Republican Senator yeah. Lindsey Graham said he spoke with Donald Trump twice today. The former president's tone a day after the search. Next. In our politics lead, 15 minutes. That's how long Doug Mastriano's appearance lasted before the January 6th committee today. A source tells CNN he didn't answer a single question. Mastriano is the Republican nominee for governor in Pennsylvania and led efforts in that state to overturn the 2020 election. Trump's former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo also met with January 6th investigators today. The panel has shown particular interest in talking to former cabinet members about conversations they might have had about invoking the 25th Amendment. All of this comes amid the political fallout from the FBI search at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Let's discuss, and boy, is there a lot to discuss today. Where to even start? I'm going to start with the Republican here at the table. Um, the outrage came quickly from Republicans in the wake of the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago but a few voices haven't have been absent, actually. It's really interesting. I mean, you have the minority leader, Mitch McConnell, um, staying quiet at last check, saying he, he wanted to focus on the flooding in Kentucky just recently. He, uh, Senators Roy Blunt, John Thune, they haven't said anything about this. So you've got a lot of people on the Republican side. I just interviewed one, Congressman Turner, outraged about this or conveying outrage but some are staying silent. What do you make of that? Uh, very few, Pamela. Look, every Republican should say no one's above the law. Uh, the Justice Department is doing their job. No Republican has said that. But the vast majority of Republicans are reflecting what I'm hearing every day, uh, the last day or two, from Republican voters. I have never heard Republican voters this angry and fired up and I'm behind Donald Trump now all mm -hmm. the way. I haven't heard this in a long time. And you can bet those Republican office holders are hearing. And you're hearing well. from Republicans. Yeah, I, I am. And I was talking to uh, a Republican who is very close to Donald Trump, who speaks with Donald Trump regularly. And he said, I have not seen this party as unified in a long time. When do you see DeSantis and Pence on the same page defending Donald Trump? And that is what we are we are seeing right now because because it's an easy target. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, the FBI, 
um, and uh, has long been a target of Donald Trump's. This way they can unite with Donald Trump. Donald Trump becomes the victim, the victim. here, which he loves to play. And it gives him an opportunity to talk about something other than 2020 and the rigged election. What do you make of what some analysts have said is, look, if this is just about the FBI going in to search for classified documents, this is handing Trump a win in 2024. Well, the theory is, oh, we, we must not offend the Trump base. We must not trigger. You know what triggers the Trump base? Everything. <laughs> Sunrise, sunset, <laughs> Sesame Street for real, Sesame Street, Dr. Zeus. Everything pisses those people off. So what? They're, you know what they're not? They're not the majority. Doubling, tripling, quadrupling, quintupling down on the Trump base has gotten the Republican Party this. Lost the House, the Senate, and the White House in four years. That hasn't happened in 90 years. Not in almost a century has one party lost, the White House, the House, and the Senate, all at once in four years. That's what doubling down and tripling down on their base. Now, I love their base. I hope they find a happy place. But but do you see you know, the, the argument that, look, this is unprecedented, a search warrant on a former president's yes, private residence. Uh, absolutely. And and I agree with everybody. This is, first, he is entitled to presumption of innocence. He is. He's a citizen. He's an American. And we better know. Now, what I don't know is why Donald Trump doesn't release the search warrant. That's, it could be under seal. I, yeah. I, I talked to a prosecutor yeah. not involved in the case. You get the receipt. There is this, the search warrant is under seal, but right. my understanding but, is so why not release that? Executed. If it's also innocent, I, I really loved your interview with with uh, uh, Congressman Turner, it, because he said a lot of things. He's throwing gorilla dust at. That. I think you did a good job trying to get to the real point. A lot of what aboutism? What about Hunter Biden? Or what about Joe Biden? Or what about Hillary? You know what he didn't say? I think Trump's innocent. Not a single Republican has said that. And they never have. Yeah. Because, well, I don't, but they don't want to. You have to ask them why they won't say that. And I don't know that they care necessarily <laughs> if he's uh, guilty or innocent of this. They're going to defend him no matter what he does. Trump said this when he was running for president. He can do anything he yeah. wants. He could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and he wouldn't lose any supporters. You were saying that they, you know, you're hearing from Republicans that they're behind him all the way. They're behind him all the way, all the time, right? I mean, maybe they were 85%, maybe they're 87% but now, they're, they're, but he was always the front runner, right, for 2024. Always, always. And he's the front runner today. But, but there was a bit of a softening, even among the base in the last couple months and I've had guys now say screw it Joe look what you're doing to him now we're all in again but we don't know the whole story here right. exactly. That's, yeah. That's, exactly. yeah. we do know that there was this meeting in June where the lawyers were yeah. meeting with each other we don't know what happened before and we don't know what happened were there more meetings I mean the Justice Department the FBI they just don't run in and say oh let's search a former president's house was, did they reach a point where they said, you know what, um, we have to we, put up or shut up here. We we gotta we gotta figure out what what is missing and what and what are they looking for? Right. We know? may not. I know think, that and that is right. you're right. And I mean, the reporters, I can tell you myself included, we're all going to be trying mm-hmm. to figure this out. Right. Right. I mean, we're going to be working around the clock trying to, to find out more about this for exactly. sure. Exactly. Um, but I do think you make an important point. Could this backfire? on some of these Republicans who are coming out expressing this outrage and indignation when, in fact, we don't know all the facts. And look, as we've heard from everyone on our air so far, the bar, they've got to have something there to, to want to go so, in and So within the Republican Party, this is gold because it's not just the base. Other Republicans outside the base are rallying behind him. But in the general election, you look at people like Tim Ryan in Ohio, I, I mean, J.D. Vance in Ohio, Mastriano in Pennsylvania, and this guy Blake Masters running in Arizona. I work for an organization called Center Street. We're releasing some interesting data tomorrow. 
Blake Masters is in a lot of trouble Mm. because these people have to toe this extremist line. Mm -hmm. And that's going to hurt them, I think, in the general. And it gets at why Donald Trump didn't win in 2020. People were just sick of Donald Trump. Republicans were sick of Donald Trump. Uh, Democrats were sick of him. Independents. I mean, people were dancing in the street when Donald Trump lost because people were just tired of it. I want to get to this on, on that note. Um, how this is sort of uh, seems to galvanize people and be more interested in Donald Trump. Here's what Senator Lindsey Graham said. Hmm. I've talked to him twice today, and I told him that, you know, there's legal systems in this country, avail yourself of it, and time will tell us to what's going on. I think President Trump is determined now more than ever to straighten this country out. I think this president, President Trump, is going to push through this, well, look, I, th- I think we're, we're hearing this over and over again. And it is, if this happened to Donald Trump, it can happen to any one of you. If he can be treated this badly as a former president of the United States, you can be treated this badly, too. And this is kind of the broad... Which is a ridiculous argument. Like, I'm, I don't I mean, do we have fears around this table? They're coming the after well, look, there are, right. there are people, there are people in this country. Yes. But they've always believed that, right? That they've always believed. But yeah. this feeds into that narrative. The government is coming after me. Um, but I do want to ask you on that note, is there anything that DOJ should say or do? Um, any steps they should take to, to, uh, that, that could remove the specter of politicization. politicization no, stick or, to protocol. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. that's interesting. That's we got Donald Mudd Trump because too. James Comey violated ethics right. exactly. yeah. 11 days before the election and smeared Hillary Clinton. I don't want yep. anybody to do that to Donald Trump So that's Trump why they're an easy target. Yes. Because yeah. they can't yeah. answer yes. the charges. Exactly. All right. Thank you all. Great Thanks, discussion. And this hour, we're also getting new details in the killings of four Muslim men in New Mexico, a car found, and a suspect detained. We're going to go live to Albuquerque next. Topping our national lead, police say a suspect has been detained in the killings of four Muslim men in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The announcement coming a short time ago amid growing fear and grief over the murders. CNN's Ed Lavendera joins us now live from Albuquerque. So, Ed... What do we know about how police were able to track down this suspect? Hi, Pamela. Well, this story has changed dramatically here in the last uh, 13 hours. Uh, police, the police chief here in Albuquerque announcing on social media that they were able to find the vehicle, this gray Volkswagen Jetta. Um, and because of that, they were able to take uh, that, the person who was driving that car into custody. That person, according to the police chief, was detained. And they are now saying that that is the primary suspect uh, in the, uh, the police chief said in the, the murder of a Muslim man. But police here in Albuquerque for days have been saying that they believe the murders of four different Muslim men here in this area are all connected. Uh, Police have scheduled a press briefing here for 5.30 Eastern Time, 3.30 Albuquerque Time, uh, where we presume to hear more information. Uh, But police here in Albuquerque now saying that they have a suspect in this case. And CNN spoke with a Muslim family whose home was searched by investigators. Tell us about that. Uh, This was a surreal moment. This morning, as we were hearing word of uh, a possible arrest, we we learned that there was a a home of a Muslim family here in the Albuquerque uh, that was uh, searched by uh, Albuquerque police last night. Uh, We were allowed inside the home by family members and community members who have been speaking with law enforcement tell us they believe uh, this home is connected to the suspect that police here are now talking about. We spoke with several families 
family members. Uh, we uh, uh, believe that there is a father and, a, and two sons uh, at some point that have been uh, detained and, and questioned in regards to this investigation. Uh, CNN is not identifying these family members at this point, uh, but those family members did say that they believe that the father had nothing to do uh, with the murders in this case. But uh, it is interesting to, to, to point out that you know all of this uh, uh, happening here uh, late last night as investigator, investigators were continuing to gather more information. We are also told, Pamela, by community leaders who have been speaking with law enforcement uh, that the father was arrested while driving to Texas. And we were told by the family members when we were inside their home that just a few hours before the police searched the home that the father got in his car and left Albuquerque saying that he wanted to go find a place to live and to move his family to in Texas. Pamela? Ed Levandera, thank you. Up next, new tactics to combat homelessness and clean up tent cities. But critics say the new ways will now make it impossible for people to get off the streets. In our national lead, pushback on New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who recently blamed a rise in homelessness in the city on a flood of asylum seekers. Well, community advocates say Adams himself is part of the problem. Listen. We have no evidence that what we're seeing right now is purely a result of the asylum seekers. What we're seeing is a result of the city's failure to plan to provide enough permanent affordable housing for everyone who needs it. Other places are taking a different approach. As CNN's Nick Watt reports, they're making homelessness a crime. Tennessee just became the first state in the nation to brand this a felony. <laughs> Pitching a tent on public land that's not actually a campsite. We're out here homeless. We're trying to struggle to make it, and they're just trying to make it worse on all of us by criminalizing it. It's a huge deal because a felony offense carries up to six years in jail, a $3,000 yeah. fine, and the loss of voting rights. And makes finding a job or a home even harder. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The bill's sponsor declined our offer of an interview but said this. This bill requires law enforcement give a documented warning for the first incident and any punishment thereafter is up to the prosecutorial discretion of the district attorney. It's a felony to survive. Tanisha Green says police have already told her she must now obey that sign. They said that it'll be an action that we'll go to jail. And do you have anywhere, any place else to go? I don't. I've been here a year. Next door in Missouri, a similar law takes effect this month. A misdemeanor, not a felony. But local governments that don't enforce the camping ban can be punished. And money earmarked to build permanent housing must instead be used to fund treatment programs and build state-sanctioned temporary homeless camps. This is a push to put the most vulnerable people into internment camps. Similar bills are now being considered in Arizona and Georgia. We're sitting right on the tipping point right now. In Oklahoma and Wisconsin, similar bills were introduced but failed. And those similarities are no coincidence. They're all based on a model bill produced by the Cicero Institute, a think tank in Austin funded by a tech billionaire. Texas passed a version of Cicero's bill last year. We have no no influence except the power of persuasion. We're merely saying, here, here seems to be a better idea. We know what's not working. Something called housing first has become the primary approach to tackling homelessness. Get someone an actual home, not a shelter bed. Offer, but don't mandate addiction treatment. And the rest should follow. 
Many studies support the approach. Cicero does not. We don't have decades to wait to build up brand new houses for every one of those people. We need to have a solution that's acting right now. He's addressed lawmakers in Tennessee. Homeless encampments are bad for the homeless themselves. And in Georgia. We can't offer you alternatives, but you have to move. You need that, both the stick and the carrot, and this bill provides those. In a leafy Nashville suburb. I can see your issue. Yeah. You haven't seen anything yet. This is what Becky Lowe's local park now looks like. Nothing has been working. We're, nothing has worked. She now supports the stick approach, the threat of a felony conviction for just camping. Where do you think these people should go? Well, we have dozens of shelters throughout Nashville. I was in a, a temporary shelter and I didn't like it. Uh, because uh, you're not treated as a human being. A sentiment shared by many. Howard Allen now has a permanent home. When I moved in my house and they put that key in my hand, I cried. And then I cried again because my brothers and sisters deserve the same thing that I have, housing. And we can do it. Maybe we can do it, but we seem to be increasingly disagreeing over how we can do it. How much carrot, how much stick. Even here in liberal-leaning Los Angeles, just a couple of hours ago, after, let's say, a very lively public comment section, the LA City Council voted to ban camping within 500 feet of every daycare center and every school in the city. Pamela? Nick Watt, excellent reporting there. Thank you. And up next, after months and months of rising prices, some positive signs in a place where many of us shop. In our sports to lead, it may be game, set, match for 23-time Grand Slam champion Serena Williams. The tennis ace explained in a Vogue article today that she is stepping away so she and her husband can give their daughter the sibling she keeps asking for. And she writes, I never wanted to have to choose between tennis and a family. I don't think it's fair, but I'm turning 41 this month and something's got to give. Reaction from the sports world is pouring in the Wimbledon championship, which Serena has won seven times, tweeting, some play the game, others change it. We hope the next few weeks bring you joy. Williams hasn't said when she will officially leave tennis, but did say she intends to compete in the U.S. Open later this month. And in our money lead, parents, cover your kids' ears because online shopping for toys is the cheapest it's been in years. And it's not just toys, actually. New data shows when shoppers click Add to Cart for a new computer or pair of jeans, they'll likely find price cuts, too. But don't go on a shopping spree just yet. Online grocery shopping still reflects inflated in-person prices. And soaring pet supply prices are making pet owners say, woof. Economists point to a few reasons for declining online prices. More supply, a backlog of inventory, and low consumer confidence coupled with a pullback in spending. Our coverage picks up here at the top of the hour with Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country. Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.